This is Agents Influence Podcast. There tends to be this standardization of insurance clauses in the United States, and I think that's pretty bad for commercial insurance. And, you know, you got to have unique products, and but people were moving towards a standardization idea, uh, which I thought of as the dark side. And so I was like, all right, I'm helping people understand their language and customize it, so I'm the Luke Skywalker of insurance policies. I'm Jason Cass, and we're going to help you think differently, change your agency, change your finances, change your family, and in the end, we're going to change an industry. Let's go. All right, all right, all right out there. Hello, loyal listeners, and welcome to another episode of Agents Influence Conversations with Cass right here. And uh, I've got a uh, someone who's been on, Chris, now that I think about it, is this your second time on or is this your third time? Second. A second, I think, but maybe third, who knows? Yeah, because I think it was right before um, Risk Genius and then I think after Risk Genius, we'll have to look, dude. This might be our yeah. third time. Because of that, no one comes on three times, so we're just going to have to stop the show. Thank oh, you, everybody. Bye-bye. Awesome. No, I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> if we do make an exception, you would be the one. So, Chris, uh, welcome to Agents Influence, man. Uh, thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Um, hopefully, I'm not super boring if this is the third time. Yeah, no, no, no. You're not super boring. Um, I reached out because of... Uh, First of all, as you guys just heard, I've known uh, Chris for probably three, four years. Uh, Chris actually um, was, I can't remember, what were you doing when you came up with Risk Genius? So before were you an agent at the time? No, no. I was a surety claim attorney that had That's created right. like claim document management, right? And That's so, right. Yeah. And yeah. then you came up with uh, this thing. So well, he was with Risk Genius because it was his company. He sold the Bold Penguin. Bold Penguin sold out the AmFam. Tell them what Risk Genius was, though, so that they kind of kind of yeah. familiar with it. Yeah, basically, I mean, it still is. It's still a, a viable product where people are basically taking in insurance policies, particularly like forms, and the software breaks down those forms into clauses and like categorizes them automatically. So then a user can go in, mostly it's used by underwriters now where they're like, okay, I got my policy and I want to compare it to other standard policies out there or competitor policies. So I can very quickly realize what's going on in the marketplace, how this stuff is changing. Um, yeah. So it's like coverage analysis, basically. Yeah. Basically. Shit that us most agents don't want to deal with. And we're oh. thank God that there's people like Chris in the world that figured it out. I'll tell you that because, <laughs> you know, I'm serious. That shit, it's important, right, for yeah. what I do. Yeah. But I'm thinking to myself, ah, damn, someone had to do that. So thank you, Chris. Appreciate that. No he problem. also goes by the Luke Skywalker of insurance policies. Um, what was your original thought for that? Yeah. So there there tends to be this standardization of insurance clauses in the United States. And I think that's pretty bad for commercial insurance and, you know, you got to have unique products and, mm -hmm. but people were moving towards a standardization idea, uh, which I thought of as the dark side. And so I was like, all right, I'm helping people understand their language and customize it. So I'm yeah. the Luke Skywalker of insurance policies. So yeah, that's great. I yeah. love it. Chris, Chris, are you, uh, are you a droid or are you an iPhone? 
Uh, iPhone. I was still an okay. iPhone. Yeah. Still an iPhone. Haven't changed it. That's okay. No. That's okay. What, what what one do you have right now? I, th- I actually just looked. It's an 11 and I was like, I, I always look and see, do they recommend upgrading? I think 13's out now, but uh, I'm always like a late adopter. The 11 is badass though. Yeah. I mean, it's cool. I, that's what I, I mean, I just went and got the uh, Samsung Galaxy 21 and I mean, at the end of the day, I'm kind of walking out with it thinking this isn't much different than my 10. Yeah. And then, and then I get home and I'm using it and I love it, but it's still not much different than yeah. my 10. Yeah. It's one of those things that I'm like, I'm buying it just because I want the new thing, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. And I got to admit. To help my own self overcome that, Chris, I realize that I'm really not that kind of person in most of my life, right? I, yeah. I drive a 2011 Infinity. You know wow. what I mean? I I'm, I'm, I drive old stuff. I don't. I have an old boat. You know, yeah. I don't need all that stuff. But I guess when it comes to the phone, I got to have the most. You know, and damn, my old phone was paid off and it no. worked fine. You yeah. know, but anyways, my my I'm thing is bikes. I always want a new bike. I do a lot of road biking, and that's where I spend my money. So yeah, you like road. bikes? I like biking. Yeah. I like getting out and uh, doing whatever. So I just started biking. I bought oh, my really? first bike. Uh, yeah. I just bought my first bike last Tuesday, uh, a week ago today. Nice. Um, and so it, it's like some, I don't even know what the hell it was. I told the guy, I said, I want to spend about $600 because uh-huh. I don't want a cheap two or $300 one. I don't want to spend a thousand. I said, yep. I got about 600 bucks. Give me a bike. First time, dude, whatever. I'm riding the thing around my lake last okay. Wednesday. Oh, awesome. I come down this huge hill. And as I get to the bottom of the hill, I'm about 80% away home. I don't know what happened. My not my tire didn't blow. My tube came out of my tire. So like all of a sudden, I'm luckily, I just got to the bottom of the hill, Chris. And I'm just about ready to come to a stop because it's going to go back up. Uh-huh. And badoosh, my bike just stops. And I look. And my tube came out of the tire. It looked like a snake coming out of the thing. I'm looking at it going, how the hell does this happen? You know? And then I started thinking to myself, God, if this would have happened like 20 seconds ago, I'd have been done for, you know? My son always makes fun of me because I'm wearing a helmet and I'm thinking, thank God I was wearing a damn helmet because I could have died, you know? And then all the loyal listeners would have been sad for the rest of their life. I mean, I got got big things I'm in charge of here, Chris. So no, I'm joking. Totally joking. So anyways, I'm doing the 75 hard. Cool. And so I have to do, have you heard the 75 hard? I have no idea what you're talking about. Nope. Yeah, it's um, it's a thing by Andy Frazella. It's a, something a lot of people have been doing, especially after COVID. Okay. I got to do two 45-minute workouts okay. daily. Yep. So that is That's in itself. Lot. I got to drink yeah. a gallon, gallon of water. Uh-huh. I have to follow a diet. So he allows you to choose any diet you want. Okay. Um, and then he, uh, and then you have to read 10 pages a day okay. and you have to take daily pictures. And so I'm nine days into it uh-huh. and this, this kind of stuff is not me, but oh. so I quit drinking in, okay. in addition to it. Yeah. I quit all sugar. I quit caffeine. Yep. Um, I'm a cannabis smoker. I quit the cannabis. Uh-huh. Um, and then uh, what was the other one? Oh, for 43 years, I've picked my nails. I haven't wow. picked my nails. So I um, I started all that other stuff about a month ago because okay. I knew going into this September 20th was my start date. There's no way I could drop all that. Yep. But yeah, dude, I feel better. I feel good. And, um, and so, I, oh, and one of the exercises has to be outside. So that's okay. why I went and bought the bike. 
Cool. Because, dude, I can only walk and run so much, you yeah. know. I mean, and I'm a runner. I like to run, but I need something else over the next 75 days. And I really enjoy the bike. I know yeah. it sounds funny, but it's amazing how far you can get. I know that sounds No, amazing. no, that is that actually blew my mind from the because I I'm in a suburb of Kansas City. And so like within an hour I can find myself in downtown Kansas City, which is a totally different world, right? I like that's probably what kept yes. me sane during the pandemic where I was like I got to get out of my house, I got to get out of my neighborhood, I got to get out of the city. Right? <laughs> yeah. So I would just go get lost on my bike and it it literally kept me sane. So yeah. it does. Cause like if you're running, you can't run that far. I mean, yeah. you can, but Jesus it's going to take a while, but that's what I like about it. I can be to the other side of my city in like 10 minutes. I'm like, God, this is great. Anyway. So we'll get on with it now that they know what's up. Do you love to win or do you hate to lose buddy? Oh, I think I've shifted and now I love to win. Like now that I've calmed down posterous genius, like posterous genius, I hated to lose. Now it's different, right? Like now it's like, wow. all right, what things can I do? So it honestly is a completely different mindset now that I'm kind of like a worker bee, which is right. awesome and super fun instead of managing everyone and all the opportunities and stuff. Totally yes. different ballgame. Yep. You know what? That that sounds crazy. So as your life has changed, you really feel as if it has changed the way that you look at that that type of thing. Any yep. Any reason why you would say though? I chilled out, honestly. Yeah. I just chilled out. Um you know, I'd taken a bunch of money, felt really uh, like I needed to return money to the investors, needed to get contracts, lots of employees when we had Risk Genius. And so losing really sucked. Now the losses aren't as big a deal and the wins are awesome. And so it's more like doing it for myself and trying to help the organization grow. So different mindset. I agree, man. Chris, it's unbelievable. Chris, how old are you? I am 41 years old. Boom. Okay. Yeah. I'm 43. Cool. Um, and I've just started to feel that same way. So people always ask me, do you love to win or do you hate to lose? Th yeah. It's like the thing when I see them at conferences, they'll be like, yeah. Hey, let me ask you. And they think they're the only one that's ever asked me that question, uh -huh. even though they all do. Yeah. And so it used to be, I hate to, I, I, I uh, hate to lose, uh, but it's moved to, I, I, I love to win now. Yeah. And, and I think I, I don't know why, but it's almost identical what you just said, Chris. Yeah. Like I, um, I haven't made it. I'm not a billionaire, yep. but I see now the path that I've always wanted is right there in front of me and I, wow. I'm traveling it and I'm able to delegate a lot of stuff to people who are a lot better than me, yep. um, who are doing things that are incredible, which is making everybody grow. And so now I'm like, okay, now I like to see everybody's wins, right? Yep. Because yep. now the stress is not all on me. That if I lose, oh shit, can we make payroll next month? You know yep. what I mean? Yep. That's how I used to be in my 30s. And now yep. it's not that way anymore. That's so good. It, it makes me feel good to hear you say that, dude. That's because awesome. I, I know mean, that I'm not alone, you know? Yeah, I'm doing that with biking too right now. Honestly, like my goal is to be the fastest 50-year-old in Kansas on a bike, right? I'm 41 right now. So like I got nine years to figure this out. So I'll go <laughs> do these. I do like 50-mile races right now and I'm getting destroyed by dudes. Like just – like the guy that's coaching me beat me by an hour on a three hour ride. Like he was a whole hour faster. And so at first, yeah, he's so it's a like, there was a, a Tim Ferriss podcast I was listening to and the guy, somebody was talking about how like it, you don't even realize how big of a difference there is between professionals and amateurs until you try to become an amateur when it's just like, Oh, biking's a thing. You don't realize that gap. 
once you start playing, that's when you realize the gap. So like, it's something I actually really appreciate right now. And like, I'm trying to put in the work on the bike because I think it's really interesting to do it. It's, I don't know. It's a whole thing for me right now. How many miles do you ride a day? Oh, I mean, I'm going to go out today and do like 20. Everyone always asks the miles. It's funny. I have a friend who I'm riding with today and he always like, how many miles? And I'm like, I went and looked, we'll do 25, but like, to me, it's more about the time and the watts. So I'm a big data guy, right? Obviously from Rich Genius. Right. And so I'm now scratching that data itch with biking too, because the computer sensors and then pedals that measure your watts are sweet. They're awesome. And so everything's measured and you can like get training, training going based on how hard you're pedaling. And so then you're in different zones. It's like, it's so much. Whoa, fun. dude. Yeah. Yeah. Wow, you're getting me more excited about biking. No, and I'm biking, liking biking is the best thing for like dudes that can't quite run and like my back is just dead, right? So I can't run anymore. I had to retire from softball because every time I'd run, I'd pull a hamstring. So it's like, all right, I need something, and like biking's it. That's the. That's How long the have you been doing the biking? I started last August, uh, August 2020. It was when I was like kind of negotiating the bold penguin stuff. And uh-huh. so I needed an outlet. I was like, I got to go escape for a little while. So I would go way south in Kansas with my bike and just ride for hours when I needed a break. Wow. Yeah. Do a lot of thinking, don't you? Uh, actually, I like the flow when you aren't thinking, right? Just like you're in the flow of pedaling, you're seeing the countryside, and, and you try to escape it all. So turn my phone off and everything. So that's kind of my ideal. Inter- interesting. I love it. The city I live in, I just moved here three years ago. They had a... It's a, it's a very unique city and they have biking paths everywhere oh, through the cool. city. Now in Southern Illinois, that's not a normal thing yep. for here. So you can just bike these paths and go to different towns. And, and I think awesome. there a lot of them are old railroads, yep. but they took out the railroads yep. and, and they just put bike paths in. So, so anyway, so loyal listeners, you've never heard us talk me talk about exercising like we just have. And you can yeah. tell I'm in the middle of 75 hard. If any of you guys are out there in 75 hard, hit me at Jason at agency-intelligence.com and tell me where you're at in this. It's 75 days. Uh, I'd like to know. Um, it's uh, it's it's challenging. And you know the other thing, uh, Chris, I'm, I'm, I'm journaling during this whole thing. Oh, yeah. I'm not a journal. I'm not a journal. Dude. Yeah. But I'm journaling because I'm learning so much. Right. Like I'm learning time management. Like when you have all this stuff and I have to drink a gallon of water during the day and I got to make sure I can get that done. And then I've got these two workouts I got to do. And if one's in the morning is inside, then I got to think, okay, the outside, then I got to check the weather because if it's coming, rain's coming in, I got to go earlier in the day. And so it's, 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 it's really amazing. Some of the things that I'm learning as I go through this, uh, this thing. So it's pretty, pretty cool. Um, Chris, though, last one on you. Skill or luck, buddy. Now here you are through Risk Genius, through Bold yeah. Penguin. That, where I'll give you this a fairly similar answer. I think it's a combination of both. And I know that's like a hedge, but I think the word serendipity, right? So if you put in skill or luck, uh, if you put in, actually, no, it's luck, but you get luck by doing the hard work. So I don't mm-hmm. really care about skill. Um, skills earned. But you get skill through hard work and you get luck through hard work. So I've just mangled an answer. So do that. No, you didn't. No, you didn't. A lot of people go that way because it's the same. It it leads to the same thing. Yeah. And uh, for a conversation another time, I asked Jeff Jeff Shee that at Brainshare last week. And uh, he gave me a pretty unique answer. 
that kind of explained how both of them are actually correct, but it was something else. We'll go on about that though. So Chris, dude, you at, were at risk genius and then you yeah. got bought by bold penguin. Yeah. Um, I mean, what was, what was it about that, that relationship that made that work so well? Oh my gosh. I'm trying to think back. Um, so basically number one, we were both in commercial insurance, right? Mm -hmm. Number two, we didn't think that the industry was going to get disrupted. We thought just there needed to be new technology to power the agents. And so that was probably a big thing because it made sure the culture's aligned. And then number three, like our technology fit into the Bold Penguin plan. So there's a data science arm that we haven't talked a whole lot about publicly at Bold Penguin, and we're about to, that's doing things like coverage analysis, uh, submission analysis, and extracting the information and populating it into forms. And then What did you say the name of it was? Uh, well, that we're working on naming that product, but it's like the submissions process. Okay. Right? I thought so you, you said, said like Apple Penguin or some shit like that. Oh, no, 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 no. What? Uh, no, take, we take submissions and we extract out the information and then we can populate it into the workflow. We can also pull data from third-party sources and populate that in the workflow. So we're starting to automate a lot of those pieces that, frankly, just are manual data entry right now. So we're pretty excited about that. So. Risk Genius fit right into that strategy. If Bold Penguin, if agents are curious right now listening and they're like, what exactly is Bold Penguin? Yep. I knew Ryan Hanley used to work there a long time ago. I hear this stuff every once in a while. What exactly does Bold Penguin do for agents, Chris? Yeah, so first of all, it's digital quote and bind, right? So like you fill out one application, you'll get back quotes from carriers, right? Okay. That's obvious. Number two then is for some agencies, market access is important. They need more carriers or they need carriers to get into commercial insurance. Bull Penguin can provide that market access through sub-appointments. And okay. then number three, if you need to scale your company, um, we have an exchange where you can go and buy and sell prospects. And I call them prospects, not leads, because we actually warm them up. We make sure they have an intent to buy insurance. We gather some information and then we'll transfer them right to the agent on the phone call. So gotcha. we can help you grow your business as well. That's interesting. I know you loyal listeners are listening to that. You probably didn't realize that's what Bold Penguin was. Um, and that, that, that no, I'm seriously, it, it really yeah. is. And I think Bold Penguin is, is really good and they're, and they're a great company. But sometimes I hear it so much, they're like, Bold Penguin, so what exactly do they do? Yep. You know, and maybe that's part of your guys' sales strategy is don't let them know what we do so they'll call us and then we'll get them. I, um, yeah, that's actually my number one, like, mission at bold penguin is to clarify what we do so i've been up since 5 a.m working on a new website i think that's going to go really really far clarifying what our products do which i just explained right and so mm -hmm. um and part of it is like there's just so many different pieces of the insurance world that that bold penguin touches right they started out with large carriers like progressive and nationwide and you can imagine what those projects were like right mm -hmm. and then out of that you have a lot of agents then that start not only wanting to get prospects, which is where Bold Penguin started with that exchange. But yep. then it's like, all right, now let's add on the quote and bind, right? So that's the terminal product. Um, and then from there, people said, well, now I want to create my own like bespoke storefront so I can acquire leads, right? From there and then pass them into the terminal. So that's the storefront product. Gotcha. And so it just takes time to figure this stuff out for for startups, which I don't think Bold Penguin is really a startup anymore. It's definitely not. No. But, no, um, but it sounds cool. Keep calling yeah. it. Yeah. So Chris, Chris, the other thing um, that blew my mind is you said that you guys give market access. Yeah. 
It almost sounds like an aggregator. And and I know it's not, that's a bad word to use, but I'm yeah. using that to kind of spur your thoughts there. I didn't know that you did that. So I could call Bold Penguin and I could get access to markets. Yep, that's 100% right. Access to carriers. Did um, not know that. Yep, so that's like our terminal access package. If anyone wants that, just email us, be like, terminal access package, please. It's, okay. it's not that super expensive. A lot of, I just talked to an agent the other day that's gonna use it to start up his agency, right? Um, it works without it. Like, and I so you, know. you have the carriers on that website that you're bringing up. So if any loyal listeners want to go there and check out what yep. carriers you have. Yep, absolutely. It's all there. Okay, fantastic. And so it's curious, um, it's curious the way that they went with this, uh, with the, um, the leads, I guess I could say it's not leads. The, what did you Prospects. call them? Prospects. Yep. And then, and then Bold Penguin maneuvered into this other thing here, which is the terminal access, which um, I guess that just kind of went hand in hand, but yep. it, it's kind of, that's kind of wild. I didn't know that, that you guys did that. It just kept, and then like the next iteration is letting people create their own experience to get to that terminal, right? So we have this new thing called consumer quote start where literally like an agent can just email a link to a business and say, hey, here's a link, start filling out some information. And they just start filling it out and then that comes right back into the terminal. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does, it does. No, I had no idea that you guys were doing that. I'm really kind of glad that you were talking about this on the podcast because I think there's a lot of, if I don't know that, I'm pretty sure there's a lot of loyal listeners that don't know that. Yeah. So I'm kind of, ex that's kind of cool. That's kind of cool, fantastic, That's that's great. So, you guys now got bought by AmFam, uh, American Family for all you loyal listeners, and we don't have to go there. But I mean, it seems like, are you guys still your own Bold Penguin brand? You're not wrapped up into the Am family? Yeah, we're own brand, independent, running strong. Uh, they just want us to grow. So keep doing that, we're fine. Hello, loyal listeners. Hey, are you a local agent struggling to find markets for your client? Maybe you, maybe not. Look no further than Nation Brokerage Solutions. With over 200 carriers, their comprehensive options give you what you need for your customers' ever-changing needs. With NBS, as they say it in the cool world, you can confidently offer a wide range of options to better support your customers and grow your business, AK Agency. Don't settle for less. Do more with NBS. For more information about Nationwide Brokerage Solutions, visit nbsbrokerage.com. Cast certified. Fantastic. That's awesome, man. That's awesome. That's awesome. Hey, any other you looking out there, um, would you say that you're probably pretty pretty familiar with the insure tech world? I, that's a really good question. I feel like I lost track of it a little bit, to be honest with you. And I feel like there's a new wave coming that I'm trying to get entrenched with so I can understand mm -hmm. what's coming. Um, mm -hmm. You know, you had like Next and Bold Penguin and uh, and Broker. Well, I guess Broker still out there, but... Indio. Mm -hmm. um, Indio. Uh, my Ask Kodiak. You got right? a ton of them. Ask yeah. Kodiak. Yeah. I mean, Lemonade, all this shit. Yeah. And so those companies have all had their moment. Right. Mm -hmm. And now they're kind of the almost almost like the legacy providers at this point. And so what's the next wave of insure tech? Right. I'm really curious to see what that is. So like I'm participating in an accelerator here called Brush Creek Park, Brush Creek Accelerator, something like that. It's a local agency. So they run companies through like startups. And I'm really excited to learn about those companies and see what they're doing. 
Yeah. I'm starting to notice that you're starting to see more of these startups that are actually making a name for themselves are actually becoming insure tech carriers, right? Yeah. To where they're coming in and trying to, yeah. it's really funny because they're really nothing more than insurance companies that are using, that they're using, they're the front to the yeah. insurance companies to make the technology, which I think is good, right? It's, I've got the carriers or I can get access to a carrier. Yeah. It's how do I create as an independent insurance agent that digital experience? And you know, here's the thing that's truth about it, Chris, is that I understand digital. I understand the need for my clients. What I don't know is I don't know the technology I need to use, right? Yeah. I don't know if I need automations and I need a process. I don't know that shit. Yeah. Well, a lot of these guys have really come in now and it's kind of like, hey, we can help you. And then in a way they're calling themselves the, the carrier, but you find out that a lot of them aren't taking on any underwriting losses. Usually it's going back to reinsurers and stuff like that. And they're just the front guys, which is fine. We got to start somewhere. I'm starting to notice that that is becoming the open lease, the clear covers, the, um, the, uh, the branch is a brand new one that I've just heard. Cowbell starting Cyber, right? Cowbell what Cyber. Is it? Cowbell Cyber, right? Cowbell. So they have this, like, I think it's interesting how they kind of have like a, uh, Online, like a, a security thing wrapped into what they do as well, right? A digital Correct. security thing. So yeah, totally interesting. And it's something we're definitely seeing a lot of it at Bull Penguin too. I would say that cyber is probably the most unbelievable thing that's happened in the last 12 months that probably no one really saw. And I say that because at my brain share, I had a lady come up to me and during a brain share, we just, we will, I have a topic for an hour and then we just discuss it and we pass microphones around. There's no speakers or anything. And this lady said, Hey Jason, I'm doing, um, her name's Vonda Copeland. She says, I'm going to be doing this um, talk for cyber liability. Um, when I'm at this uh, PIA show and I just like to ask a random poll of the hundred people in the room, like who has been affected by cyber in the last six months? Well, uh, people were raising their hand here or there and then how they were affected and were our clients affected, then hands started going up, but it, but like it blew up into this conversation for an hour where we started realizing that like, this is a major deal. Like people don't understand cyber. Now, yep. one of the things that a guy said to me who sells it a lot there, um, me and Ryan Haley were talking uh, with him and he grabbed the microphone and he said, the first thing I always ask my customers are, is, is do you have a cyber that's a reimbursable plan or do you have, um, what do you call it? I think first dollar. I can't remember exactly what he called it. And majority of cyber plans out there are reimbursable plans to where you pay to get your shit back yep. and then the insurance company will then refund you. Yep. And when you really think about that, this guy was saying that more than half of the policies out there are written that way. Yep. And so for all you loyal listeners, please understand how important that is. Number one, that's how these guys are beating you and taking your cyber policies. But number two, I have some really large clients that I have some really large cyber policies with that I had to go back on day one and one of them was a reimbursable. And I'm like, oh shit, I had never really thought of that. Cyber has become a very complex actual um, policy that is not easy. It's not bad to sell, but there's so many different facets of how these people are getting into our systems and taking and creating those liabilities. Um, it's pretty, pretty wild. That is something that's really, really kind of rocked my boat. I also have taught it to my 
Um, my guys who are out there and gals who are out there talking and producing, whether you're writing commercial or personal, if they're out at these business ventures, shaking hands, doing what they do to create re relationships, they're talking to a lot of business people. And I think that it's a value, even if the guy's selling auto and home for our agency, it's a value that you can bring to the business to say, hey man, you may wanna to talk to your agent about this if you really looked into this cyber. And then so many people think it doesn't affect them. Yeah. And it like affects literally everybody yeah, that's out totally. there. And yeah. so, sorry to go off on that. I, I think I think we're gonna start to see more of those cowbell cybers like that. There's yeah. There's gotta be, if I was an insure tech guy and I was going into this, I would be headstrong into the cyber because it's not going anywhere either. Not saying anything is really going anywhere in the insurance industry, but yeah. you know. No, and I'm so curious to see on, on like a digital distribution platform like Bold Penguin where somebody's getting these quotes, what's gonna trigger people to go and add that cyber policy on top of mm -hmm. the BOP or the GL or whatever it is. I don't know the answer to that. I think we're all starting to figure that out. When when what will trigger cyber for small business insurance, like a policy coverage and who's going to buy them? That sort of thing. Does that make sense? It's going to be a it, it totally does. Yeah, no, it totally does. And Chris, think about this. Ryan Hanley said this and it's a very easy thing, but he said it. And, and a lot of people in the room were like, shit, he's right. We have more need. Our clients have more need for cyber than they actually do general liability. Interesting. I'm going to tell you this right now. Yep. Knock on wood. In my 20 years, I'm going to say I've probably had, I'm guessing, 20, maybe 10 uh, general liability claims. Hmm. Your clients don't, you know, little contractors and yeah, yeah, they broke a glass or they broke something. Yeah, I get yeah. that. Someone slipped and fell in a parking lot. Yeah, I get that. But I'm talking like, I really started thinking like you get the autos, you get the property, you get the workers comps, Right. But like you don't get a lot of general liability, but everybody is being affected right now by this cyber. So really think about that, loyal listeners. And when you're really trying to think about about that, I think that, that there's a lot more risk that's lined up over there. Now, sorry, I got off on that, but that was that was a big session for us, Chris. It really truly was. Yeah, no, I make, and like when I think back to Risk Genius, like I was just pondering this yesterday. I never contemplated making a claim ever once in my entire life when I was running Risk Genius, right? And, but what would have triggered that? Like, I can't imagine a slip and fall in a software company. I understand it could happen. Right. But like, it's such a just remote thing. Right. Whereas like a getting hacked or something like that, that <laughs> I can imagine. I always was worried about that, frankly. Right. Right. And so it's just, uh, yeah. It's so, a so, ball game. so Ryan is creating a new website. Um, and he was creating the, he created this about a month ago and he said he went out and bought the domain set up the site. He said it was a very basic site. He did it in about two or three hours. It really did what it couldn't go live. He said, no one knew about it. It, I had had it less than 24 hours. He said, I went back in and, and Google sent me or GoDaddy had sent him a thing saying, Hey, um, we noticed that your website has been hit for these bots. And so he was like, I just created it last night. And he went in there and GoDaddy had told him like 257 times Last night, someone had tried to hack in hack to his system. Yep. And he's like, guys, no one even knew the damn thing was alive. I went out yep. and purchased it, you know, purchased new domain, purchased new site. And yep. they had already tried to infiltrate it 250 some times. And I'm thinking to myself, how many times are we just getting bombarded daily? And when we talk about, it's literally like all of our clients are walking around on ice right now. All of our clients have... have uh, 
have uh have have people who are walking around on ice and there's a just general liability claims everywhere but it's cyber claims yeah it's wild dude it's yeah. wild yeah, I mean, I think everybody needs to get serious about it. And I think you loyal listeners, you need to put your agents. If you see anything come through that shows a cyber liability, you need to get them, no matter who they are, personal lines or whatever, they need to be in there because they're going to be talking to some business or even person that, um, that can, that is going to be effect that could be affected. So unbelievable stuff, Chris, what do you, what, so you're creating this website. Yeah. Now you're trying to lay out what everything you guys do. Um, any other bold plans ha <laughs> that you have going on? Uh, yeah, I've actually been working quietly on a podcast, which makes me roll my eyes personally a little bit. But like, I want to do one where I go and talk to agents about their origin stories, right? And Ooh. so, like, where what what were you doing before? What was the kind of origin of the idea? How'd you launch it? What was the low point? And then where are you at now, right? And so I've been, and it's funny because like I read a lot of Seth Godin and believe in the lizard brain, right? Where it's like, you know, that thing that gnaws. And so just the other day, I realized I've way overcomplicated it. I kind of did some test episodes and then I spent hours upon hours, actually days trying to edit them. And I was like, this is ridiculous. So getting that going after this website's done will be big. We got InsureTech Connect where we're the lead sponsor uh, on next Monday, October 3rd. So if anyone's going to that, let me know. We have like some fun parties if you want to attend an RSU. Just let me know and I'll get you signed up. This will probably be coming out after next Monday. Oh, so, uh, that's so, too bad. Okay. Yeah, I know. Well, so if you're listening, yeah, sorry. We should have got it to you earlier. Well, that's cool. The origin story. I, You know, I'm a big podcast guy. So yeah. obviously yep. I think that those are great ideas. Um, so, you know, Chris, that was pretty much, I just wanted to reconnect and, and, and figure out what you were doing. And, yep. uh, you did say, if you remember why that the insurance industry was the wild west, yeah, you know, was, you were kind yeah, of like, talking about that. Yeah. Commercial insurance seems like it's kind of hit an interesting inflection point. Um, so we had this partnership that bold penguin announced with like Marsh and Amazon, Right, so the the backstory on that is like Amazon wants to make sure its uh, vendors have product liability insurance for legal reasons, and so they ended up spinning up like a an, a part of their kind of vendor website. Now they have like an embedded insurance application. Right, Bull mm-hmm. Penguin's powering that. You can go get as the vet as the uh, vendor. You can then get a quote right within the process. And so that as I started kind of poking around at that, I realized like. That is the Wild West. All of those digital assets, particularly like that related to that issue of vendors selling stuff through a website, those websites now need to think about their product liability exposure, but you're going to see this emerge with different issues. So how are people going after like these specific liabilities by offering insurance and mitigating the risk? Um, And more importantly, like who can you go partner with in your community that has a digital asset where you can embed an insurance opportunity. I just think that's super interesting. And like, you don't have to have Amazon. You could have uh, Joe's vendor, Joe's marketplace of Kansas City. 
and do really well too. So there's a lot of opportunity there and you already know this stuff, but no, I, no, I don't. I, I actually do, but I don't. Ryan Hanley, somebody you need to speak to. I know I brought him up here a lot of times, Chris, yeah. he is doing that. So when yeah. he started his agency rogue, that's how he's positioned his home. I can't remember what he calls it. He calls it his premier partners or something. So he doesn't, yes, he'll take leads cause he's really good at that and get in writing auto and homes and small commercial, mm -hmm. but he wants to write small commercial first small commercial people by going out and getting involved with the Amazons and he's not with them, but finding other places that need insurance and embedding your thing there. And here's the thing, Chris, think about this. We have already done this in personal lines. So I teach my producers that if you want to get leads, go find other businesses that need insurance in the process mm -hmm. and embed yourself in there, right? Yep. Go to the mortgage broker and say, Hey, when that time comes, I'm the guy that you come to. Yep. We go find the attorneys. Hey, if you're needing insurance ever for your clients, be sure to think of me. Loan officers, banks, any type of, we start to see this wedding insurance. I know somebody who's really good at that and they write wedding insurance and they yep. have all these wedding planners yep. that if they think about it, you go to them. And it's not so much go to them like, Hey, call so-and-so agency. Like they have an online part on their website yeah. that they can automatically get that. So we've done that for personal lines for a while. It's really, really cool to start seeing that in, in commercial lines. I'm with you. You're right yeah. about that. And it's all about the APIs. The carriers made the APIs available. They built them out for commercial insurance. So it's starting to catch up to personal lines. And that's why this is all able to happen now. Everything is seamlessly yep. going back and forth. Yeah. 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 That's fantastic. Uh, Chris, I really greatly appreciate you coming on, dude. I really, truly do. Um, I know you and your boo, you may watch Hulu, get your kicks on Am Amazon. I uh, know you get your kicks on Netflix. Excuse me. Spend some time on Amazon Prime. What are you watching right now, man? I just finished rewatching Silicon Valley. Um, just one oh, really? of my favorite TV shows of all time. Um, I don't know what else. Is it realistic? Uh, painfully sometimes. It's like, it's, I... <laughs> If you're in tech space or interested in tech, it is so good. It is so funny. Um, my wife and I are obviously we're doing the Ted Lasso thing when those come out. She loves it. I like it. Um, the show that's been killing me though has been Veep. We're going back and watching all the Veeps, which is that it is maybe the funniest TV show I've ever seen. So really? That one's really okay. good for me. Yep. Thanks, man. Anything you're reading? Uh, I actually stopped reading books for recently and like, I'm just trying to keep up to date on the economist and that's about it. I've like kind of fried on books cause I tend to read a lot. So it's like, mm -hmm. I'm just going to take a break from book books for a little bit and just do yeah. other stuff. So, you know, what's crazy. I did the same thing during COVID. Yeah. Like I just wasn't in the mood to, 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 to read and it was really weird. And so I've just gotten back into it in the last five or six months, but yeah, I, I just read atomic habits. Mm. Truthfully, I think it's the best book that I've read in the last five to six years. It is absolutely freaking phenomenal. Um, how, how he does that and yeah, how he talks about one. habits. Yeah. Dude, he, he takes habits and he turns them upside down. He huh. takes habits and he turns them upside down and he makes them so easy to understand. We make them hard. I'm going to create a habit of going to the gym every morning at six in the morning. Yep. When I try to create that habit, I'm going to lose every time. What I have to do is I have to do something in between me waking up and me going to the gym. What he uses is put your gym clothes on. Yep. If you put your gym clothes on, you will go to the gym. Yep. 
So, so going to the gym at six in the morning is not the habit. The habit is getting out of bed, going to the bathroom, going right in there and putting on your gym clothes. Hmm. And then even if you have the same habits between now and then, it doesn't matter. You're going to go to the gym because you have the clothes on these little bitty psychological things that I had never really thought of, man, he breaks them down and gives the reason I like any of that stuff that has to do with behavioral science or, you know, any of that stuff. I love that stuff. I do too. Yeah. So, yeah. Did you, I have a question going back to the thing you're doing right now where you're trying to adopt a bunch of habits essentially, right? Mm-hmm. Are you trying, hard, yep. it feels like you're trying to do too many at once is kind of how my, how I respond mm-hmm. or, or reacted to that. What, what have you experienced with that? It, okay. So yes. So the things that he requires, which is the gallon of water, the two forty-five minutes, the 10 day, 10 pages a day, and then following a diet. Yeah. That that's just the standard thing. And that seemed like a lot to me. But I wanted to, I've always wanted to, um, and that's so big. I'm not a workout guy. Okay. I've always wanted to work out. I ran track when I was in high school and college, but I, besides then I have not worked out and I, and I wanted to, to quit biting my nails. Uh And so I started with that. And then I thought to myself, you know what, if I'm going to quit drinking, I'm going to definitely need to not be smoking some weed on the, on the weekend. Right. I mean, I'm just being real. This is going out to the world. It's just the way it is. So I stopped that. And then I decided, you know what, I'm going to stop drinking before I get to that thing. So I stopped that. And then it just became this, this thing. I actually have a couple other things that are kind of personal that I don't do now. Yeah. And so really, to be honest with you, it seems like a lot, but I don't have to, I don't think about drinking anymore. I don't yeah. think about the cannabis. I don't think about my nails anymore. So I'm doing all this stuff. And now that I'm doing the 75 hard, that just reinforces all the stuff that I already did. That's about the best way that I can say it to you. My wife told me, she's like, Jason, when you're going to quit that much stuff, you need to do this over a year. And I'm Mm -hmm. like, no, I'm not doing it over a year. I'm doing, I'm doing it now, you know? So no, um, it has been tough. I have resorted back to that book a couple of times. I'm telling you, Atomic Habits you know, one thing that Billy Williams said to me one time, he said, Jason, every time I try to somebody says, man, I'm trying to create a new habit or I got to get a habit. He says, the funny thing is we already have habits. Mm-hmm. They're just probably the wrong ones. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So whenever I'm trying to create new habits, it's really all I'm just trying to do is 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 just maneuver the the one I currently have off course and a new one on. Yep. And he talks about that habit stacking and habit swapping you know, about when the best time is to create a habit and when is the best time not to. And I'm not talking about like time of day or time of year, mm-hmm. like in your normal habitual routine you do, yep. you can simply slide some out and slide in the ones that you want to. And he kind of explains that and why that's so powerful. And it really truly is. I mean, bro, uh, no caffeine. I've drank coffee every day of my life since I've been 16. Yep. I don't even miss it. My, my nails, I've been biting them since I was 11. I I'm don't even, I don't even do it because it's still in my normal routine. I just slid something out and put something else in its place. Yep. So it's, it's really, 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 really wild. So huh. anyways, man, uh, it was good talking with you, Chris. It really truly was. I try to keep these to about 25 minutes now and now it's been at 40 because you and oh I just got it like that. Hey, I want to let you know something. I do not know it for a fact. So loyal listeners take this as I tell this to Chris. Um, but I believe the third or fourth week of April, we're going to be bringing BrainShare to Kansas City. Um, it is one of really? the final. Yeah, yeah, it's one of the final two cities um, down right now. And IPFS, Insurance Premium Finance Services, which is out of Kansas City, yep. uh, came to me and said, Jason, 
what if we did this? And so I was like, well, shit. And I always try to stay in the middle of the country so that people flying from everywhere can kind of get in. Um, so I think we're probably going to bring it there. And uh, if we do, I'll be sure to reach out to you, man. Let's do it. I'd like to actually attend one of those, even if it's not in Kansas City. Uh, I've always right. been curious about them. So yeah. if you're down, let me let me come and hide and listen and, and learn. I will, Chris. Cool. I will. And all you loyal listeners that want to go there, you'll get to meet Chris face to face as I'll, well. We can go out barbecue. That is the thing, man. I'll take him out. That's what everybody says. And we yeah. will have a barbecue night. That's every time when I mention this to people asking them their thoughts, they're like, man, I hear they got great barbecue. Yep. So we'll, we'll definitely find out. Chris, I appreciate you. Thanks for everything you do. I'm really happy and proud of you, man. We knew each other years ago before you were even in this risk genius. And you're thinking to yourself, is this shit going to work? Now you love to see your other, now you love to win, right? I love to win and help people too. I get to do that now. So it's fun. That's right. It's fun. It's fun. Hey, appreciate you loyal listeners. Uh, You know what I do because I do it for you. This has been Agents Influence Podcast with conversations with Jason Cass and I am out. Hey, agents, listen to this. Listen to this. What are we terrible at? Think of it. Think of it. Really? We're, we're terrible at training, right? We're not very good at hiring. We're not very good. Terrible at firing, actually. Uh, terrible at creating process and some workflows. Terrible at technology and implementing that technology and even knowing what type of technology we want. And the list goes on and on. Now, listen, I'm an agency owner. And I, you know how it is to, to fix a problem. The first thing you've got to do is you got to admit you have a problem. Here's what you do. Go to virtualintel.com. Check out what we do because we do all those bad things that you can't do. Really? And you may do one or two of them well. Good for you if you can do them all. Just want you to know you're in the minority. But if you can't do any of them good or you don't even want to do them anymore because it just takes too much mental power, then good for you for realizing that and give us a call. I'm telling you, virtual intelligence, that's what we do. And where we specialize in high quality VEs, not virtual assistants. Look it up. Go to ChatGPT. Put in what's the difference between a virtual assistant and a virtual employee. Enough said. I don't have enough time to go on and on about all the differences on this 60 second commercial, but you've got time to search it and look at it. That's what we do. We deliver high quality VEs. We mix the technology with it. We train them on the technology, give them and the technology to you and you're off to the races. I'm not joking with you. You can call my agency at any time, ask for Lordland. And we do ask her, say, how fast are you able to do quotes? I've actually got a couple videos of it. That's right. We can do five to 10 carriers in one quote in three to seven minutes. So you give me an auto quote, I can do five to 10 carriers in three to seven minutes. How are we doing it? We're doing it through the technology of virtual intelligence. Give us a call, check us out. You can ask for me personally, I'll do the demo for you. Who are they? Cast certified.